Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 126 of TLDR Podcast. I say that because I don't know when you're listening to this podcast. I don't care where, where, when, or how you're listening to it. I have to greet you in all different ways. Um, before I get into it, uh, let's go Let's go uh, talk about on this day in, in sports history. This is kind of an interesting one. In 1934, the Chicago Bears beat the Detroit Lions 19-16 in the first ever NFL broadcast, national national broadcast. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I mean, I know that was many, many years ago, but I mean, I would say that the NFL by far has the best TV product. And that's where it all started right back in 1934. So, um, you know, I, I just think that's quite interesting. Um, uh, James, I know you had a great weekend. Um, tell us about it. Tell us about your weekend. Tell us about it. Yeah. Weekend was phenomenal, man. Actually it was like bittersweet. Um, Saturday, or let's start with Friday. Friday, got off work, hung out with a, a board trait over there, and Jose got free beer at Lane's work. Thank you very much. Saturday, went to work, lost my playoff game. So, you know, season is officially over, and now I finally have some free time. But then shortly after that, I boarded a plane to go to San Jose, and then Traden picked me up. Then went to the Niners game on Sunday. So that was super fun. My first one ever. Took so many pictures, had Jambalaya. Great time. Niners won. Amazing. And then promptly drove back down here. Quick turnaround. Great people. Good times. Definitely worth it. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite amazing. Um, everybody, I didn't get to see it because we were just in different sections. But James said he cried when the guys came out of the uh, of the um, came out of the field. Um, and I can only imagine, you know, his reaction. I mean, this is a guy who lo- bleeds um, uh, red and gold. And to see his team on a, on their home field, I think was very special. So James, I'm glad I could be part of that. Um, Alex, quarter quell of the NBA is pretty much here. Um, I'm just going to put you on the spot. High level. What's the most interesting story that you uh, that kind of comes to mind when when you think about the first quarter of the NBA? That come, you know, what 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 tickles your fancy this year? Uh, that's a great question. I kind of feel like at least right now, it's just how good are the Boston Celtics and can anyone in the East even potentially compete with them? Cause right now it's kind of like, no, uh, <laughs> like not really, uh, which is interesting since they obviously lost the championship last year. Um, but they kind of seem like the team to be right now. So that's, uh, I feels like kind of like the most interesting thing right now. I mean, plus just the continued drama with the Brooklyn Nets as always. Oh yeah. That, that's always, that's always fun. Um, there's another wagon of a team in Boston, um, and that's um, on the ice, and it just seems like they can't lose either. So it just seems like both teams are just, just – I mean, I think they're the top of both of our power rankings for – well, I guess for since it started, it seems. Uh, so it's been quite interesting. Tyler, I know you know it's been uh, – are you having baseball withdrawals yet or what? Uh, honestly, it's not too bad this time of year. Uh, I think the World Cup especially has definitely distracted me a little bit. I feel like once the World Cup is over and I've like I've I've have nothing to pay attention to, it's really going to start to hit. I feel like usually once the New Year hits and there's it's January, it really gets bad for me. Uh, that that's typically how it goes. But usually I can I can get through the holidays okay with with football and hockey and this year with with the World Cup. But so right now they're I don't know probably at like a two out of ten. I miss it, but it's not it's not killing me yet. 
Yeah. See, the nice thing about being such a big baseball fan is that your offseason, you get to watch basketball, you get to yeah. watch hockey, you get to watch the rest of football. There's a lot going on. And then on. by the time by the by the time spring training comes around, it's like playoffs for that. And then you get all, all baseball. Nah, I'm it. not as big of a baseball fan. So once hockey ends, it's <laughs> it's a tough three months too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, at least you have something to kind of, uh, you know, hold you, hold you over. Uh, but you know, baseball is still, still king in in the King family, as, as, as we yeah. know. Um, why don't we get right into it? Um, we're gonna get right to the to the World Cup uh, in Qatar, as Tyler calls it. Um, <laughs> Tyler, um, why don't you take it away? We had quite an interesting day today. Um, USA is moving on. USA is moving on. They have advanced. To the round of 16 after a thrilling win against Iran earlier this afternoon or morning, depending on what time, what time zone you are in. Uh, it was a crazy one. Had it on at work. We had like, you know, 10, 15 people just in the athletic training room, just hovered around watching it at the end. It was very, very intense the last 15, 10 minutes or so. Um, I, 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 Iran just kept trying to, trying to get there and try to score and USA just barely hold, held on. Um, to win one nut one one nil as the soccer lingo is trying to get better here uh to advance they they, they needed that win uh so obviously through the group stage they tied wales 1-1 if we talked about uh they put up a, a, a really good match against england ended up tying uh nil nil there uh a really good showing against a really good team for for, for, for the united states i think gave us some hope uh so um james we talked about you know, this, this matchup against England being a really true test, uh, for, for the United States. Do you feel like obviously them advancing plus that how well they performed against England, how confident are you in this team that, that they can actually advance any further in this tournament? Uh, not that confident. Um, <laughs> cause to be honest, man, they're great at holding the ball and they're great defensively, but offensively they can't finish. Like they get great chances, they get great crosses, but they're like one pass away or one one striker away from putting that ball to the back of the net. And also there were some questionable subs towards the end of this last game against Iran. Like Shaq Moore, terrible. Why is he in the game? Not good at all. And then uh the that striker right, he had like one good touch, man. Like it was I wouldn't have put them in. Put somebody else, like Gio Rena put him in instead like he's a much better player i don't understand it they got they came out with the win but at the end of the day like might be against netherlands and that might be it trading do you feel like usa advancing to the knockout stages is kind of like the win for us for this world cup or do you feel like they need more to for it for them to really consider this world cup run a success well, as the most cynical one on this, well, at least going into this, the most cynical one here, I didn't even know that we'd make it out of the out of the um, the group stage. And look, I know offensively we are not we are not sexy. That's for sure. I mean, we scored two goals in three games. So, um, you know, I know that's even that's even low for, you know, you know, for soccer. Right. Or uh, so. You know, I, I guess we can consider that a win. I consider that a win. However, I would like to see more. I, 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 you know, I would like to see more. And I, you know, I, I look at this Netherlands team as to, I think that's who we're going to be playing. I think if I looked at, if, if ESPN is correct. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I see that, you know, yeah, they, they can put up goals, but they, but they, you know, they had one tie. Uh, and then, you know, they, they, they haven't been 
prolific scores. So, you know, if, if we can, if we can hold them off and maybe we'll get, you know, a couple of our chances that that'll connect and we could make it to a, to a second round berth. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath, but I, I would, I think that that is an ultimate win, you know, getting out of the group stage is, is fine. is great. Um, but I think, I think if we want soccer to move forward in this country, I think that you need further success. And I think beating Netherlands would be kind of an eyebrow razor for, for ourselves. And I think for, uh, for the rest of the world. Yeah, I would agree. Um, USA will take on the Netherlands in the knockout stage uh, Saturday at 6 a.m. Pacific time. Um, so we'll see how many uh, people get up for that one. I know I'm going to try to. Um, but yeah, that that, that, should be, that should be a great matchup to watch. Um, Alex, there was a lot of political things going on outside of the game. Um, obviously, the USA soccer posted, you know, the image of the uh, Iran flag without the Islamic symbol on it. That caused a lot of outrage uh, over there. Obviously, we know about the, the the historical political tensions tensions between those two countries. Did that kind of add some drama for you as a fan of the so- of soccer going into it, and kind of just your thoughts on kind of that whole drama with the social media posts and all that? Um, it didn't really add any like extra drama for me. Um, I mean, I just I don't know. I guess I tried to just be like, look, these players probably on both sides like have nothing to do with that really uh they're just here to try to like perform at their like highest peak or whatever you know um i don't know like if it was a great idea to post that generally i'm just like kind of a non-confrontational type of person so maybe just like let shit lie for a little bit like also while there's you know thousands of fans in a in a country uh you know, where we're not really sure, like what's like, there's been other like safety issues. So, um, I mean, I don't know, like the, the, the match was great. Um, they probably should have won like three, nothing. Um, I mean, I watched it. I mean, to be fair, I work, I work from home. So I just sat on my couch and watched it. But, um, uh, I'm excited for them to move on. Um, if we get past the Netherlands, we're probably screwed after that, but, uh, you know, I'm sure we could take on France or Argentina. It'll be fine. Yeah, easy, <laughs> easy peasy. All right. I uh, hope you guys are will be tuning in on Saturday to watch the USA take on the Netherlands. Um, so that, yeah. So congratulations to Team USA. Uh, big win today to, to advance. Um, but as you guys know on this podcast, we are ranking the World Cup jerseys or kits as the rest of the soccer world likes to call them. Um, so obviously last year, or sorry, last year, last week, uh, we ranked uh, groups A and B live on the podcast. You know, Alex brought up a good point in the group chat that's, hey, if we kept doing this at this pace, the World Cup's going to be over before we get through everybody. So we were kind of changing things a little bit. I had the boys submit their ratings to me separately uh, for the remainder of the groups. And I'm going to reveal the top 16 teams live here on the podcast um, as we go through them. Um, and then we're going to go through round one of the bracket. So we're going to vote. Um on the matchups as we go through it. Obviously, the, the, the top 16 teams, um, you know, the top two from each group, so 16 teams, I ranked, obviously, the seeds based on our average score. So the one seed had the highest average score. The 16, um, 16th seeded team had the lowest average score of the teams that advanced. But but before we get into the best of the best, let's get to the worst of the worst, because that's kind of fun, too. Uh, so the three worst ranked jerseys for us on the podcast coming in at the, at the third worst was Ghana with a total with an average score of 10.3. The second worst rated jersey was Costa Rica with an average score of 9.9. 9. 
and the creme de la poop of the worst jerseys uh, was Switzerland coming in at a whopping 9.1 rating. Uh, so Swiss do a lot of good things. They make really good watches. They make some really delicious chocolate, but they do not make good soccer kits. So that's how that goes. Sorry, Switzerland, you uh, won the worst jersey at the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Um, and let's get into individual ones. This is kind of fun too. So we're gonna I'm going to announce everyone's highest and lowest uh, rated jerseys. Uh, so Alex, your highest rated jersey uh, was Australia, 17.7. Yes. Uh, your lowest rated jersey was Mexico at 6.5. You and I yep. wow. differed on that one. We we disagreed. I liked Mexico's a lot. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see. Like we definitely, a lot of us have very different opinions on a lot of different countries. Um, that one, Mexico was actually probably one of the most skewed ones. Trade, you rated that one pretty high too, I believe. Um, yeah, you, were, you, you, you actually gave it the highest out of anyone. Uh, but James, you also disagreed and did not like that jersey at all. So that, that one was a very con- contentious one. So let us know what you guys think about uh, Mexico's jersey. Um, James, your highest was the home nation of Qatar. Uh, you gave that a 16.8. And your lowest by far, which was the lowest score you gave anybody, was Switzerland. You gave him a whopping total of four of four. Wow. James, why did you hate Switzerland's jersey that much? You have to. I gotta look it up. I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been like way too simple. Was it the one with just straight up red and a straight up? Yeah, white? yeah. I was yeah, like, it was weird. There's it was like red nothing. had this weird square in the middle of it. It was. It, it was. Definitely- oh, it was the name tag looking thing. I was yeah. like, that's stupid. Yeah. It's like, hello, my name is. That's yes. what it reminded me of, and I was like, nah, too easy. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not great. Um, trade in. Uh, your highest score, which was the highest score anyone gave any jersey, was Argentina at 18.5. Okay. Wow. Uh, very good mm-hmm. pick. Uh, trade in. Your worst rated jersey was Team USA. That's very patriotic, trade in. What's going on there? <laughs> of what course it was. Of course. So you 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 gave them a nine. So that was that was your lowest rated one, which is funny because they actually advanced um with our with our with our juices as well trade hates his you know what i love him now i'm actually gonna change my uh my hey, pit and my no you never know what can happen Tyler, uh, i have a question yeah if we're voting for like you know seeds one through 16 or whatever there's four of us yeah what happens if it's two and two you know i've like, thought about I'm that bringing ollie in as like a yeah we should have him pick somebody we should have him pick i honestly kept thinking about that and i don't know What's gonna happen? So I think we're just gonna roll with it live as it happens. Oh, um, it was like I thought about it, but it was too hard, so I stopped well, thinking. Hard about we it. could do, we could go back to we, we if it comes to a tie, we just go back to the score, add up whoever that whatever team had a higher score because yeah. yeah but then then it just goes to the higher seed. So part of yeah. it is like whoever gave it the best ranking, I'm gonna ask them a trivia question about that country. Oh if you god, get it right, they move oh, on. I like that. If they get it oh, right, god. they move on. If you get it wrong, you lose. How about that? Okay. Oh, all right. All right. We're, we're gonna do that. All right. So that's the, that. That is the tiebreaker view. The the, the tiebreaker rule. Uh, yeah. My highest rated jersey was the Netherlands at seventeen point three. My lowest rated jersey was Costa Rica at eight eight point five. Um, I thought those Costa Rica jerseys look like what you would buy at Big Five for your AYSO soccer team. Just not <laughs> not not very creative in my opinion. Um, sorry, Alex. I know I know you got uh some heart some heart in Costa okay. Rica. So. <laughs> but all right. So are you guys ready to reveal the bracket? Um, I'm going to share my screen here with you guys. All right. Wow. Look at you. Look at, look at oh, you. Wow. 
All right. So let's go through this uh, kind of the whole bracket stages. Uh, the first, the number one seed was the Netherlands, which got an average score of 16.7. The 16 seed is Morocco at 11.7. Uh, the number nine seed is Brazil at 14.1. The number eight seed is Qatar at 14.5. Number five seed, Saudi Arabia, 15.3 against number 12, Wales at 13.5. Uh, the number four seeded France with 15.7 will take on 13, Cameroon with 13.4. The number three seed is Germany with 16 against the 14 seed Uruguay with 13.3. The number 11 seed is our team USA at 13.6, taking on Japan with 15.2. Um, the number seven seed Australia, 14.9, will take on the 10 seeded Portugal, 13.9. And the number two seeded Argentina with 16.5 will take on the number 15 seeded Belgium at 12.2. Um, so a lot of um a lot of teams that had higher scores than some of those bottom seeds did not make it through, but because we did the group stages, that's how that works. So um, if you would like to see the full rankings, maybe we can relieve, re release those later on social media or something like that at some other point. But um, these are, these are our, this is our bracket. So uh, let's go through, let's start voting. We're going to go through round one today and we're going to, we're going to uh, finish the bracket later on in the upcoming episodes. So uh, the first round, number one, see Netherlands taking on number 16, Morocco Traden, What's your vote? Um, it's gotta be the Netherlands for me. I mean, that one was, that one was fantastic. All right. Um, also if you guys need to see uh, the jerseys again, just let me know. I got them kind of ready to go over here. So just let me know if you need to see them. Um, I'm going to see all of them. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pulling them up myself. Yeah, so. Big, big. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what Morocco looks like. Just, just, you know, just, you know, say it if you need to see it. Um, and then number 16, Morocco, uh, James, what is your vote? Let me see what Morocco looks like. All right. Morocco. This might take a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do a lot of editing on this one. Yeah, you're going to have to do a ton of editing. <laughs> Where's Morocco at? Holy shit. Did I miss it? Control F, bro. Not. Nah. <laughs> oh, there you go. To be honest, I don't even know why I said. Let me see the jersey because Netherlands is going to win. <laughs> yeah, Netherlands. There we go. All right. Netherlands. Um, Alex. My vote is for the Netherlands. All right. I also vote Netherlands, so they move on. All right. The 9-8 matchup is between Brazil and Qatar. Qatar did not get a whole point during the actual play, but they made it as the eighth seed in this bracket. Um, <laughs> Alex, what's your vote? Yeah, I'm voting for Brazil. I really like their away, their like blue ones. Yeah. Um, listening and want to look them up. And like they kind of like the Netherlands have a very uh, iconic yellow like that's brazil for sure uh james what do you what do you vote i'm gonna stick with qatar it was my highest vote last round it's gonna be it's gonna move on for me all righty trade in yeah it's 100 brazil that yellow and blue matchup is just chef's kiss love it yeah i'm gonna have to agree with trade in and alice this one brazil for me takes the cake uh, it's just a classic jersey, especially with those home ones. And I agree, Alex. I think those away ones, those blue ones are are, are pretty sick as well. All right, moving on to the 5-12 matchup between Saudi Arabia, the higher seed against Wales. Um, James, who do you got in this matchup? I'm going to go with Saudi Arabia for this one. I like the texture on the green a lot. Alex. This one's tough for me because I really do like the Welsh jerseys, but I think I will go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they're 
Um, they're like away ones are pretty sweet. And trade. Oh, this one's tough. I, I actually did not rate the Saudis one as much as I think the other guys did. Um, I'm going to stick with the Welsh ones here. I like the, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this guy that, that doesn't really, it's kind of unfair, but so. <laughs> I, the, I mean, the, the, the Welsh series are cool because they have a freaking dragon on it, but um, Saudi Arabia, those green ones are so tight. That's just a really good, clean look. And for me, that's the, that, that's the winner there for me. So Saudi Arabia will move on. Uh, moving on to the next matchup between number four, France against number 13, Cameroon. Um, Trayden, what do you got on this one? Um, I, th- if I'm not mistaken, I think I liked the France ones um, uh, quite a lot and I'm actually just pulling them back up. And yeah, I, I mean, they, they were a little, um, <laughs> you know, what? I'm going to go with France. I remember I really liked them now that I'm looking at them again. I'm like, oh yeah, this is, I, I really like these ones. So that's what I'm going to go with. James, who are you vote? I'm going to go with France because I like them and I really did not like the Cameroon ones. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, so France, uh, 2 nothing. Alex, what do you got on these? I'm going Cameroon. I think the France French ones are kind of boring and the Cameroon ones are loud and fun. And I think that's cool. Uh, like, I really like the red one that's in the middle there. Um, the green one, I'm not as stoked on for Cameroon, but I think the red one looks sick. And maybe that's just the, the goalie's jersey, but I'm gonna I'm still gonna <laughs> go for I'm gonna go for Cameroon. All right, we're gonna have our first tiebreaker because I'm also gonna go Cameroon. I think Cameroon's jerseys are really, really cool. Um, so who gave Cameroon the best score? Where the hell is Cameroon on here? Give me a second. Uh well, what if it's you? Then you have to give yourself a trivia question. <laughs> Why are you not asking the French one? Why, Why can't I Cameroon? find it? Oh, there it is. Um Trade in, you gave Cameroon the highest. <laughs> of course, score. I did. Yeah. All right. I think my um, ratings were kind of weird. I was, I, I didn't, I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> we talk. All right. All let right, me so just like, pull up some Cameroon trivia questions. Oh my God. Oh my Lanta. Well, yeah, I picked France, so I'm just going to answer the question wrong. <laughs> All right. Ready? Yeah. The official languages of Cameroon are A. French and Spanish, B, French and English, C, English and Portuguese, or D, French and Portuguese. I'm going to say C. That's correct. Oh, France no. then. Let's go. How about that? Oh. How about that? Trading, you know a lot of good shit about uh, Cameroon there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm a, I'm a Cameroon. Uh... All right. So there you go. That's exciting stuff right there. Big upset in the 13-4 matchup. Cameroon moves on. All right, now we got the three fourteen, uh, Germany against Uruguay. Alex, what's your vote? Oh man, can you bring up the German ones real quick? Yep. Oh, wait, just kidding. I just found them. Hold on. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Germany. I like. I found I really like a lot of the away ones. I feel like the home ones are kind of boring, and the away ones are really fun. So I'm gonna go Germany. I do like those red ones. Uh, the you know. Home ones look pretty similar, though, or like similar to what they usually have. Yeah, Jeremy usually goes those kind of white and black with the with the homes. But yeah, those away ones are pretty tight. Um, uh, James, what do you got on Germany or what do do you got on this matchup? (laughs) Or Uh, what do you think of Germany? Germany, man. Those are nice. Going with the germs. All right. Trading. Oh, this is actually the toughest matchup. 
Um, because I loved both. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with uh with Uruguay though. I love the I love the blue. I love the I just I loved it. I like Uruguay's a lot too, but I think in this particular matchup, I'm gonna have to stick with Germany. I agree. I think just both 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 kits are are great. I love them. All right, Team USA, the underdog against Japan in the 11-6 matchup. James, what do you got? That's when you rattled these off the first time. Like I made a face for this one because for me, this is the toughest one. I the the Japanese ones are really cool looking, man. Them in Korea, like were two of my favorite ones. So I'm gonna have to go with Japan over USA on this one. All right, Japan gets the first vote. Alex, what's your vote? Yeah, uh, unlike World War II, Japan will be dropping the bombs. Japan's moving on. <laughs> oh, and trading. Oh, yeah, dude, the, the Japanese ones are sweet. All right, well, I'm gonna. I would vote for Team USA. Doesn't matter because they're not gonna win it. But uh, I was not the biggest fan of Japan's away ones um, for whatever reason. I just, I didn't love those, but. Uh, you guys had way bigger scores on those than I did. Actually, like you guys gave them all really high scores. I gave them like the lowest score, and it was pretty pretty differential. But so, but for the record, I voted for Team USA. But uh, Japan will move on. Uh, now we got Australia and Portugal. Uh, trading or no? Al, sorry, Alex, you gave uh, the Aussies were your highest rated jerseys, so I'm assuming that's who you're going to go with. Uh, yes, that would be correct. The Aussie jerseys are tight. Trading. What do you think? Oh, another uh, another interesting one. Um, the Australian ones are cool. I mean, the I I still I don't know that I like that little. Like U.S. did that little like half bib thing, dude. That bib thing yeah. is odd. Yeah, um, but I I don't know that I like <laughs> the Portugal ones either. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with Australia because I do like the yellow. All right, uh, James, who do you got? Portugal, hands down for me. All right, I'm going to go Portugal, too. Uh, so we got another tiebreaker here. Oh, um, so let's see, Australia. Well, I think Alex, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you an Australian trivia question. So just yeah, give me a second while I pull something up here. You're asking me, right? Yep, I'm asking you. Yeah, I'm, I'm paying attention. All right. <laughs> Are there more kangaroos or humans in Australia? Uh, I'm going to go kangaroos. You'd be correct. There are over 40 million kangaroos. So kangaroos outnumber humans in Australia. Fun fact. Dude, that, right. that, they outnumber them by a lot. Yeah. I didn't know <laughs> it was that much, honestly. Um, but yeah, Australia moves on. All right. Going. Uh, James got to, shafted. Yeah. Going to uh, Argentina and Belgium. Um, <clears throat> Trading. This was your highest rated jersey. So I'm assuming you're going with the classic Argentine jersey hit. oh yeah dude that yeah 100 it's it, it's it's a great jersey james do you agree yeah i do i just also really don't like the flames on belgium's yeah i fucking hate that it was I terrible was like, those are i'm not i'm not in second grade anymore those ain't cool you know what it reminded me of the the lightning bolt on the bolts jersey that i showed you guys last week <laughs> but it's so bad that it's good but this yeah. was not that bad so therefore not you're as right good. you're right there you go um alex I'm also going Argentina. I think I rated their away jersey, the purple one. My, I didn't send this to you. I just did the math for you. But my highest single rated jersey was oh, that. One. Yeah, the purple ones are pretty cool. Um, I don't think they've played with them yet. Um, I think they've gone with their kind of classic blue and 
white stripes with the the black shorts one, which is another classic jersey. But yeah, hopefully we get to see those those purple ones at some point because those are really sick. All right, so um, that concludes the first round of the bracket. So just so you know, looking forward to next week, we got the number one seed Netherlands taking on nine Brazil, five Saudi Arabia taking on the upset thirteen Cameroon. We got three Germany taking on six Japan and seven Australia taking on number two Argentina. So keep an eye on these jersey kits. We'll see who eventually is our uh, World Cup jersey champion. Um, but that's what we got for World Cup. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys are enjoying the jerseys and everything involved with the World Cup. Go USA! All <laughs> right, thank you. We uh we 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 slugged through that one, but you know we we got there um that that was a lot of fun i i love doing the the jersey uh the jersey ratings um and i'm excited to continue my uh segment next week um we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we are going to the field we're going to the waiver wires james is going to take us through uh take us through his waiver wire picks as we enter the last weeks of fantasy football when we come back And welcome back. James is going to take us through his waiver wire picks as we enter the last two weeks of the regular season fantasy uh, uh, of fantasy. Um, yeah, we need some of us need some help. Some of us don't give a shit like Alex. Go ahead, James. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, trading's right, man. It's coming down to the wire. If you're one of these people who are like on a friend's position, like World War yeah. Five, Six area, if you're playing in ESPN. In Yahoo, apparently it's an eight people who make the playoffs, which is weird, but you know. It is what I'm it is. Stupid. It's dumb. I hate Yahoo. I am so terrible at Yahoo. I'm most terrible at ESPN this year. I'm losing everywhere. But let's and yet, you're our waiver wire guy. <laughs> <That is good. laughs> uh, this week, I lost to Traden because Traden had the best week of his entire life. This dude almost put up 200 points. Ridiculous. Tyler lost. Eric won. And Alex, of course, lost. <laughs> Tyler and Eric. Tyler and Eric. Oh, my God. Eric are tied for first place. Who would have thought that? This dude kept Cam Akers as one of his keeper, and now he's tied for first. What? Time traveler. Uh, Traden is in fourth. I'm tied for fifth. And Alex is in sole possession of last place. Exactly. Gotta love it. Even though I'm the waiver wire guy and I'm, you know, I'm not doing too hot in fantasy football, you still listen to me because I make some good picks. QB this week, Mike White out of New Jersey, New York Jets. And honestly, if you're a scumbag, you could probably pick up Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I didn't want to put it out there because scumbag. Mike White, though, 2.9% rostered, 24.8 points against Chicago, 22 for 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns. He also added three carries for two yards. Mike White was a fantasy football darling for a game last year, and now he's back after MILF seeking Zach Wilson got benched. He really did well efficiency-wise, 78% completion percentage. Uh, and for the first time in a long time, a Jets QB used all of his weapons. And Elijah Moore, I'm looking at you because you finally got targeted and got a touchdown. As weird as it is to say, the Jets are in a playoff spot and they need to keep winning. So they're going to go with the hot hand. And that is Mike White. Up next, they play Minnesota. That's a pretty terrible pass defense. They've literally given up the second highest most yards through the air in the league. Alex, what are your thoughts on Mike White? Uh, potentially the most boring name of all time. That's my first thought. Uh, <laughs> second thought, uh, yeah, like it, it, it's risky for sure. I mean, I think there's a reason why he's only owned in 2.9% of leagues. Um, the jets offense has been mid all season. Um, you know, potential part of that is Zach Wilson, but, um, like you mentioned, the Vikings do have 
problems with coverage. Um, we, we saw them get just absolutely torched by the Cowboys like two weeks ago. Um, so I, I, it's still potentially like a tough matchup. Um, you know, you'd think like a team like the Vikings is probably going to come in probably better prepared than the bears were last week. You know, they can watch film on him, but uh, if you're really desperate, go for it. Um, especially with like, if you're still trying to ride Aaron Rodgers or something and he's, you know, he got hurt and left the game early, you're like really looking for it and you aren't a scumbag and don't want to pick up that Browns quarterback, go for it. Pick up Mike White, the most boring man in football. <laughs> it's the most boring man in football versus the scumbag. Who do you choose? Pick your fighter. Traden, your thoughts. Yeah, so um, quite frankly, guys, we can say that we can say all the scumbag shit. We only put in $100 into the fantasy. Some people put thousands of dollars. You're going to pick Deshaun Watson. I don't care how much of a scumbag you are. You're picking him up. But I'm not going to pick him. Um, I'm <laughs> going to pick Jordan Love. Um, I'm going to pick Jordan Love because I believe that Aaron Rodgers is – well, well, I guess we don't know if he if he's going to be hurt. It sounds like it's it could be worse. That, uh, it could be pretty bad. Um, Jordan Love put together in a pretty impressive fourth quarter against a an Eagles secondary that has been quite solid this this season. Tyler, I'm pretty sure your asshole was shrinking in that during that game. A little bit um, in that fourth quarter. Um look and you're and you're coming up against the Chicago Bears. Um the, the Chicago Bears have allowed 19 fantasy points in four of the last five games including um the three passers getting at least 29 points over that span. And here's the other thing, um it sounds like Jordan Love has been the only one practicing as of late. Uh, last week, he's the only one that really took major snaps, um, and uh, he's he's starting to be, you know, he I know I know it was his first uh, quarter, um, you know, um, in the back or uh, behind center there, but quite frankly, I think that Jordan Love might be, uh, you know, is going to be playing, and I think if you're playing the Chicago Bears, this is an opportunity for Jordan Love to get a little bit more um, opportunity. He can he can throw, um, and I I think that if if it's worth uh, it's worth giving him a shot, especially if you're if if you're in deep right now. And it's interesting to see that uh, Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay might be over. That might have been his last play if he's out for the rest of the season. We'll see. Moving on to running back, I got Gus Edwards again out of Baltimore. 40.5% rostered, 9.2 points against Jacksonville, 16 attempts, 52 yards, and one touchdown. He's not the sexiest guy out there in terms of running backs or maybe even the best based on his performance. But there's really not much else going on for running backs right now. We've seen Edwards be dominant in the past and even like once or twice this year when he got back from injury. He's the lead back in Baltimore, guys. Last week, there was no other running back in the Baltimore system that had more than two carries. So he's the guy. Baltimore will run the ball. They'll always run the ball. So there's always going to be value in Baltimore's running back one. Next up, they play Denver. I would love to see the Ravens just run it down the Broncos' throat and just make Russ's life worse than it already is. Tell your thoughts on Gus Edwards. Yeah, I think this is a guy you you should pick up while Baltimore uh, uh, needs to play him with 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 them being thin on running backs. And I agree, James. I think it's 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 a good matchup. Um, I, I I feel like you know in the games that he's 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 been in there, he hasn't really put up like a really shitty week. Um, obviously, he hasn't played a ton, but he's pro- I feel like he's got a better chance to boom. He does the bust, so I feel like he's a pretty safe option for you. There's no guarantee he's going to put up. Uh, in, in insane insane numbers, but I think he's serviceable enough uh, to be considered for a uh, running back for this week. Trade in your thoughts. Yeah, so um, I'm going to cheat a little bit because if you ain't cheating, you're not trying. Um, I'm going to give you two options based simply on on the status of the of the starting quarterbacks for both these teams. 
I would I would take I would keep a good eye on the Jets backfield uh, this week. Um, I think Zonovan Knight might be might be uh, an option that th- they'll go to, especially if they're if they're two lead uh, two lead backs are hurt, which sounds like that could be the case. He did come in during the game uh, during the game the, uh, on Sunday and he put up a touchdown and uh, and no, no, I'm sorry. He did not put up a touchdown, but he did. He did uh, take a, a decent amount of tar- uh, carries and he did fairly well. The other side of the the one that did get the touchdown because my boy Najee uh, might be done for the season is that's Benny Snell. Again, this is not this is a situation where we don't know where the, whether the running backs are going to be hurt or not. The, again, this is why you're going to look at two because it, it really depends on the, the situation in both uh, in both teams. Um, I don't know where Jalen Warren is. I don't know where Najee's going to be. If that's the case, Benny Snell would, I assume would, would take that, uh, would, would take the helm. He did take the helm, um, to, you know, within the middle of the game, uh, on you know, yesterday and he got a touchdown. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to go crazy, but this, you know, th- these are, these are alternate options, uh, that you can look at just given the, the situations in both those teams. Good stuff. Moving on to wide receiver. Here's a name you haven't heard all season long because he hasn't played, and that's Jameson Williams out of Detroit. 20.8% rostered. And like I said before, it's about that time where the only people paying, paying attention right now are the people who really need to make the push and get league winners. And I think that Jameson Williams can be that guy. He is a game changer. He is a first-round rookie who hasn't played at all because he was coming from an ACL tear that he had. Uh, number one, or not number one overall, but first round high draft pedigree. He's going to be integrated in the system. He's making a season debut soon. I don't know if it's this week or next week, but whenever it is, you're going to want him on your roster. Uh, Lions are still trying to win now because, you know, they're doing that for Dan Campbell because he's a damn good coach. And there's a lot of hype for Jameson Williams. He's a deep ball kind of guy. And we all know that there's one thing that Jared Goff does well, and that's throw the ball deep. Jameson Williams can beat everybody. He's that fast. He's so explosive home run type of guy he's gonna get the ball he's gonna be featured up next they play jacksonville bottom third of the league in pass defense trading your thoughts yeah I, th- I think when you when you're facing against the jacksonville jaguars whose defense is is porous at best i think this is a great option i mean you, you're seeing this lions team they're they're a pretty solid team i know they're not winning games but they're covering every spread they're they're fighting they're, they're you know they're fighting for every uh every down every uh um every every inch and slotting in Jamison Williams a guy who's going to be you know um chipper who's going to be ready to play uh, with with Jared Goff who's just who's just going to continue to to improve it just seems like he's getting a little bit better as as time goes on i think that you might see an opportunity for these two to connect and we we could see something um you know come of it down the stretch here um, with the Detroit Lions and going into next season uh, I, I think this is a pick that just if you're looking for a Hail Mary opportunity, this is it. I mean, this this is a guy that might get the boom that you need in a week that you absolutely need to win. Um, you you have two weeks left. This is per, this is one of the most important weeks, especially if you're on the uh, if you're on the outside looking in. Uh, if you need a boom guy, you might as well go for it. Alex. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a boomer bust guy, but I mean, it's tough to want to pick somebody that this would be his potentially his first week back after missing all season, especially with the knee injury. And they still have like pretty viable wide receiver options in front of him. Um, So like, it kind of feels like it's someone you pick up and you're like, dude, he's going to be hype. And then he gets one catch for like three yards and only plays six snaps or something. You James, you already mentioned the guy you should pick up Elijah Moore. Zach Wilson's not in Mike white is in. We already heard Elijah Moore like two months ago or whatever, when some reporter was like, 
why, why aren't you getting balls? He's like, oh, no, Zach Wilson doesn't throw it to me. Well, Mike White will throw it to you because he's boring and awesome. We just <laughs> talked about how terrible the Vikings' uh, uh, like corners are. So, um, And you know what? Elijah Moore was great last year. Um, you know, obviously it's not gone well this year, but potential for boom there as well. Um, I mean, th- at this point, like we're, we're scraping, scraping the bottom of the barrel, as they say. I love, and I hate that. That was, a, that was a great pick that I hated and loved. Good job. Moving on. Lastly, tight end Foster Moreau, Las Vegas Raiders, 35.5% rostered, 12.3 points against Seattle, three for seven, 33 yards and a touchdown. Darren Waller is still out for at least one more week, possibly more. Who really knows? Not me, not you guys, not Darren Waller. The Raiders can't throw it to Devontae all day. They've tried it. It doesn't work. They can't win. Can't do it. Uh, he has gotten a decent amount of targets last couple weeks. Like a couple weeks ago, he had like nine targets. Last week, he had seven. He gets targeted regularly, and that's a good thing for tight ends. Up next, they play the Los Angeles Chargers, a divisional matchup. And as Trayden always likes to say, when it comes to divisions, you can't predict anything. Foster Moreau could be that game changer. Who knows? 26th against tight ends. The Chargers are. You're looking good right there. Alex, what do you think? Uh, don't know because I wasn't supposed to talk about him. Trayden, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, uh, the uh, you know, for me, I think I think you kind of explained it. I mean, this is this is a, a divisional matchup. Um, the Raiders are clearly the the underdog, um, and that is a scary position to be in um, on the other side. Um, the Chargers, I, I mean, look, I'm I'm the only resident Chargers fan on this podcast. They have issues, and um, they 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 gave up the the 12th most points to tight ends. And who's to say that you know Derek Carr and 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 company don't put in a, a fantastic football game, and Foster Moreau is is at the helm of it. We've seen Darren Waller, t- you know, in the past be that guy. Maybe Foster Moreau comes in. He's going to get a few targets. He's going to get a few touchdowns for a team that is itching to make sure the Chargers don't make the playoffs. That's not a position you want to uh, – that is that is a position you want to be in, if, especially if you're way outside of playoffs. Uh, the Raiders have an opportunity to play spoiler with the Chargers. The Ch- Chargers don't have a chance, don't really have much uh, wiggle room. Watch for the Raiders to to come out very, very strong, and Foster Moreau might be right there. Tyler. You're supposed to talk about him. What do you think? Yeah. All right. So in the tight end waiver wire, man, it it's it's a tough place to be. Uh, it's really hard to to find a guy that's really going to be dependable. Um, so I'm going to cheat a little bit, kind of like how uh, Drain cheated a little bit earlier. I'm I'm going to throw a guy out there that I that I picked a few weeks ago, Greg Dolchich, and we gave him a little bit of a TLDR dump because ever since then he hasn't done that well. But hopefully we're going to turn around and we're going to, we're going to give him a TLDR bump uh, because, you know, like I said, last two weeks he hasn't, he hasn't done much. But the three weeks prior to that, he showed a lot of potential to being a really solid tight end. Um, and I, I think it just comes down to the game plan. It's just what, what, what could happen. Um, I think you'll have a good game against the Ravens. The, the Denver Rockets are desperate at this point. Just, just try and throw it to somebody who's, who's, who, who's, who's going to score. Um, I, I feel like he just hasn't gotten a whole lot of targets. Give this guy more targets. Come on, Greg. I'm counting on you. TLDR bump. Greg Dolchich, pick him up. I really don't think that it was our fault that he started doing shitty. It's just Russell Wilson's terrible. He's getting worse and worse per week. And that's the end of my segment. Thank you very much.
All righty. Uh, thank you, James. Um, James, you need me to lose the next two weeks and you need to win out. If yeah, you want I got a, a chance 6% to get in. chance of making the playoffs, guys. <laughs> you have 6% chance. Um, and I think I solidify it with a win this week. I'm just hoping that that's the case. Um, just, just clinching is huge. Um, if anybody on in our, you know, uh, our, our uh, league is interested in keeping Najee next year, let me know. Cause I'm look, cause I'm looking to sell them going into playoffs. <laughs> so probably not, but I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go to the court. Um, Alex is going to take us through his, uh, his, some basketball news. Um, when we come back. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's uh, this week's podcast. Um, Alex, you had mentioned at the top of this whole podcast that the Boston Celtics were the biggest story for you. They, it was the most intriguing. But I know you have a little bit more interesting stuff to talk about this week. Why don't you take it away? Yeah, as always, a little fantasy update. Yours truly won. Uh, I'm 4-2, technically in fifth, but also technically tied for second because it's pretty early. So none of that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, Tyler is three and three. It feels like he's kind of brought his season back from the brink. Yep. Uh, he also won trade and lost two and four James, uh, you and me fantasy football, you fantasy basketball. That's eh, not going well. <laughs> Speaking of the Boston Celtics, former Boston Celtic, Kemba Walker, four-time all-star got traded to the Pistons, um, in over the off season, they pretty much were like, no. Uh, he has officially signed a deal to join the Mavs starting sometime. Uh, I don't know when he's supposed to report. Um, I mean, Kemba, look, he he had a great college career at UConn, you know, kind of dropped in the draft because he was kind of undersized. People weren't really sure how he would hold up in the NBA. Played well in Charlotte for the first, you know, seven, eight years of his of his uh, career. And then they kind of did like a weird sign and trade thing with Boston with um, Terry, Terry Rose. Uh, so now, and then, you know, Kemba did Boston. That didn't work. Kind of went to New York. That didn't really work. So now Kemba's joining the Mavs. Look, the Mavs started out really well as the season started and have been really faltering as late. They got a huge win over the Golden State Warriors um, earlier tonight because Luka played well. And as we know, the Mavs go well when Luka plays well. So trade it. I'm just going to throw it right back to you. Kemba Walker, he's a four-time All-Star. He obviously hasn't played any bit this season. Kind of a rough go with the Knicks last year. What do you think Kemba can bring to the Mavs when he suits up for the first time? It's a tough question because, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's why. Because, <laughs> quite frankly, <laughs> the uh, the Dallas Mavericks seem to have um, decided to fix a bullet wound with a Band-Aid, and that's what this is. They could they had major issues that they um uh, that they could have addressed in the offseason um and instead they didn't address it and you know they wait until you know a quarter of the way into the season and they sign a guy who you know i think the signing as a whole is you know for, in a vacuum's fine it's just it, i just don't know how much he's going to be able to to fix the issues that they have i mean they, they i mean it, it just seems like they're just trying to, you know, send um, uh, Campazano, uh, Capazzo, excuse me. And they ended up waving him when he's, when 
Kemba Walker probably is a better option anyway. Um, I mean, marginally. So I don't know why you just didn't um, get him before. Honestly, you, you don't know how how um, healthy he's going to be. Um, but when he is healthy, I mean, I, I mean, he I think he can he can make a role in it. And I would say that he would give a spark off the bench and um, he may have a couple of his, you know, Kemba Walker type S games. But I, I, that's not sustainable, I don't think, for for a guy who, who's you know, dealing with a medical bracelet problem. And um, I, I, I just think that this is a signing that is not going to do a whole hell of a lot in the long run. Um, like I said, you can't, you can't fix a, you can't fix a bullet wound with a bandaid. Uh, James, you had a reaction. I don't know. Was it to what Traden was saying or just his, his phrase, I guess. It was definitely the bandaids and bullet holes. That's like a Taylor Swift song line, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> I think it is. People look it up. I think Taylor Swift is a Taylor. How, how have you never heard that metaphor, though? Taylor Swift, man. That's what I think about. It's, it's a life. fantastic metaphor. I think you should know. You're, a, you're in the medical field. <laughs> yeah, but I don't deal with bullets and band Yeah, but would you band-aid it? Would you band-aid a bullet? <laughs> no. You probably could. Honestly, stop the bleeding. Depends on how bad the bullet band-aid. is. It doesn't fix the problem. And where? <laughs> It's a Taylor Swift. Just scraped your shoulders. Yeah, it's 50s. (laughs) Okay, whatever. James, kind of same question. Uh, Kemba, Mavs, thoughts? I don't think it makes that much of a difference. Unpopular opinion, I don't think any team that has Luka is going to go far ever. Because there is no offense. What I've seen this year so far and last year is that it's the Luka show. There's nothing else. There's no offense there. It's just. Luca, 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 which is why if Luca does well, they win. If Luca does badly, they lose. People always say, like, let's we got to get Luca some weapons and help him out. Well, he had weapons. Jalen Brunson and Porzingis. They both left the Mavericks and now are doing super, super well elsewhere. Porzingis right now is go is averaging 20 and 8. Brunson's averaging 22 and 6. Those are great numbers that could help your team had you just utilized them when you're with the Mavericks, but Luca does not do that. Right now they have Christian Wood, double double machine. He comes off the bench. I don't know why, but when he's on the on the floor, Luca does not utilize him. He's just used for picking rolls and never gets the ball after the roll. Stupid. Luca's a ball hog. Straightforward. If if Kemba Walker is going to be any effectiveness at all, it's because of his defense, and he has no defense. Kemba Walker joining the Mavs makes no difference whatsoever. All right, Tyler, do you agree with James, who is pretty negative on it? And I feel like trade in was in the middle i would i would say yeah i i kind of agree a little more towards trade's point um i do think if this is a desperation move by the mavericks uh to try and aid luka Doncic, um as as james said if if luka goes the mavs go if luka does not go the mavs lose the 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 mavericks the mavericks are zero and six when Doncic scores less than 30 points so it's you really gotta make sure you if you really want to be competitive in the west you got to have other other key components to your team that are going to allow you to win because that's what winning is about. It's a team sport. You have to win like a team. And right now, as as James as James said, he 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 nailed that component. It's really the the Dallas Doncic is Doncic show or whatever what the fuck you want to call it. Uh, that's all it is. So I I think it's a fairly low risk high reward type of move like i don't think they're really there's not like they trade away a bunch of pieces let's just add campbell walker in the mix see if he does well the mavs aren't doing great right now anyway 
Like, why not just see if, I mean, he's, he's got all-star level talent. He's getting older. He's, he's a big injury risk, but um, you're not like, it's not like you're counting on him. And then, you know, he's, 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 he's not going to be like the focal point of your team. So we'll see. Um, I, like I said, I, I think I'm kind of in the middle of it. I don't think it's necessarily, a, like I said, I, I, I like the move because it's a low risk, high reward kind of move, but I also kind of agree with James a little bit that I also don't know if it's really going to help a whole lot because it is the Dodgers show in Dallas, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of think it's, I, I kind of agree with everybody there. Um, I mean, it's definitely a, you know, Kemba Walker at one point was a decently big name in the NBA. Um, and they're definitely trying to get Luca some help, whether or not that will actually succeed with on with, you know, with Luca's skill set and how he plays, it may not matter at all. Um, generally, like the Mavs have a lot of their guys, their three point percentage has gone down quite a bit um, from last year to this year, which is why I think they're sh- potentially why they're struggling, you know, after they did make the Western Conference finals last year and really did give Golden State a little bit of run for their money. Um, and look, Kemba was never going to be a great defender. So like, yeah, James, you nailed that. He's in, and at 32, it's definitely not going to get any better, but he is a career 360 from 360 shooter from deep. And he hasn't shot below uh, like 370 since 2015. So he can still shoot. And if that's all they ask for him, and maybe he can just hit some clutch threes, then maybe it will work, but they, they still obviously have some other kinks to work out, but it was kind of one of the big, big news stories of the week. So I thought we should talk about it. Speaking of guys returning to their team, I don't know if you all remember, but that COVID thing happened and they played uh, the playoffs down in Disney World. And TJ Warren was kind of like the star of the show until he hurt his foot and has not played since pretty much. Uh, That was for the Pacers. He's now uh, a member of the Brooklyn Nets. James, I'm going to throw it back to you. I mean, kind of the same question as Kemba, like, Brooklyn, obviously a lot of drama. They've kind of been playing better of late. Ben Simmons has looked better. Um, you know, KD is still KD. Um, so, like, what do you think TJ Warren can bring to Brooklyn? And will it help? I think they're, like, ninth in the East right now. I mean, you mentioned it. TJ Warren is an accomplished scorer. Um, he's not a star, but he's a great role player. And that's kind of what you want in Brooklyn right now. You need somebody who can step in and hit shots a lot like Kemba can, but is also younger and can score when he wants. That's what TJ Warren is. Um, I don't remember a couple weeks ago, KD had a quote, like, and the reporter asked him, like, so what's going wrong? And he pretty much goes out there and it's like, it's it's me and then a bunch of nobodies on the, on the floor. Because at the time, Kyrie was still out too. And so now you're adding somebody who can score the ball. It's no longer Nick Claxton. It's no longer Seth Curry, right? Seth Curry is averaging 10 points. Nick Claxton's averaging 12 um, but outside of KD and Kyrie, you got no scores on there. Ben Simmons is starting to explode a little bit, but you can't rely on him to score 10 plus on a nightly basis. And that's when TJ Warren comes into play. TJ Warren can be that number three option. And that's fine because KD can pass. KD willingly passes the ball and Kyrie definitely passes. So one of those two guys are going to get doubled or both of them. And boom, TJ Warren's right there. Having him back in the lineup helps immensely. Yeah, I think it's just, I kind of agree with you. It's just, he's another piece um and uh, like you said they already have two superstars so they really just need role players um you see that with other teams like the lakers they have two superstars their role players aren't playing well the lakers aren't playing well so like yeah if tj warren can be anything that'd be great um tyler same kind of same question 
TJ Warren, accomplished scorer, but injuries for sure. He's real. I mean, he played four games in 2021 before he hurt him, hurt his foot again. Um, and you know, it's real, pretty much been two years now. Yeah. He's, he's going to be limited for sure. Obviously um, this is, this is not, an, not an easy injury to come back from it. It, it can be potentially career ending for a lot of guys, um, but we'll see what happens. I think you got to give him this guy a chance. Cause the last time we saw him, he was, you know, he, he lit the NBA world on, on fire. So I think we're all very eager to see what he's got. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how the foot holds up, but obviously when you're talking about a sport, that's a lot of jumping and cutting and a lot of stress on that foot, having a stress fracture on a foot, even if it's fully healed, it's never gonna be hundred percent again. So expect, expect him to be very limited, especially early on. I would expect the full season to be very limited in, in terms of minutes, um, but I'm excited to see if, 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 if he can rekindle what he had in, in, in the bubble, because, um, I'm sure a lot of us would love to see it. And it would be, a, you know, kind of a, a, a really heartbreaking story if he, if, if this is kind of the end for him. So I'm, I know I'm kind of rooting for him. I think it's the one thing about the Brooklyn Nets that I'm actually kind of excited about that I'm actually positive about. Uh, so we'll see. Trading kind of same, same thing. Just thoughts on TJ Warren's return. Um, I know you're, I feel like probably the harshest against the Nets here. So just your thoughts on that. Yeah. Cause I hate Katie. Um, <laughs> um, look, I, I actually love this. I love this guy. Like the, it, just hearing what he's saying back in October, how excited he was to get back on track and how he was on track, how the training snap's been great. He loves his progression and he's doing anything he can to get back in the lineup. I, I it, the Nets need that kind of attitude. They need that kind of, you know, grounding. And I think that, you know, this is a guy that back in back in the 2019-2020 season, he was he was scoring 19.8 points per game, uh, 53.6% uh, from the field, 43, 40.3% from three point range. Those are hell. Those are hellish numbers. Uh, uh, on, on top of that, we you mentioned the bubble and where he was just an absolute stud. So um, I, I think that I think that. The, the Nets are going to get scoring depth here, just like James said. And I think, you know, as long as he can, you know, obviously he's going to be limited early and, and we shouldn't, and expectations should be limited as a, as a result. But over time, you know, as he eases back in, I th I think that James is right. I think that, I think that he's going to be a a great compliment to this team and, and, and a compliment that I'm actually, I'm actually on board for. I, you know, I, I I'll cheer for him. Uh, what, I mean, obviously I never wanted to Brooklyn to win another game, but they did. So whatever. <laughs> Um, but uh, if if you're gonna tell me that uh, that this guy T.J. Warren is gonna be is gonna um, you know be a big part of them moving forward, I'm all for it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I really hate saying James is right. It's probably one of my least favorite things in the world. But yeah, if he can be like he said, and kind of like all you guys said, if he can be a successful role player and you know scoring depth for the Brooklyn, that will only help them. Um, as you know, those other role players have not quite succeeded as I guess Brooklyn was hoping. Uh, last topic. So Jeremy Grant went off for a career high 44 points uh, last week. Um, Portland has kind of had an up and down season. Um, as good as Jeremy Grant has been, Damian Lillard is still their best player, but he's probably missed like roughly 50% of the games. Jeremy Grant has played all 19 games. So I meant to do this kind of a couple of weeks ago and then the Nets got the Nets. So we kind of had to talk about it, but Tyler, we'll start with you. And if you have somebody else, I'd like to hear it. And same with, same with the other guys is Jeremy Grant. I, he might be kind of the best pickup, you know, trade free agent signing, whatever you want to call it um, for his specific team. Um, 
you know, early on in the season, but what, what do you think about that? Or what are your thoughts or do you have another option? I, I agree with you. Um, I think this, 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 this trailblazers team, you know, coming in had a potential to be, you know, a very good competitive team in the West. Obviously that team runs through Damian Lillard. Um, and you got this, you know, kind of early part of the season where he's been hurt um, and you can't go long stretches in in the Western Conference without your without your star player, without some guy stepping up. And Jeremy Grant stepped up and he's been phenomenal. He's averaging 28 points without Lillard, without Lillard in the lineup. Anytime you can add death pieces in such a deep conference, that's huge. Um, so I feel like without a doubt, he's probably the, the best um, pickup any team has had so far. Um, especially with the early season injuries uh, to that team and the play and the trailblazers are right there, man. They're, they're, they're in the, in the thick of it. And a huge part of it is because of uh, Grant's play. Yeah, they're, they're currently seventh um, in the West. And again, the West is crazy. Um, I mean, between really like the 11 seed and the one seed, there's only four games separating them. Um, James, you made a face as if you disagree with Tyler. I do disagree with Tyler. I'm not saying that Jeremy Grant is nothing. I mean, he's he's been great. I think he's taken advantage of every opportunity given to him, given the fact that whenever Dame is not in the game, he takes the scoring load, and that's cool. But a lot like my segments where I kind of ask you guys to think of somebody else outside of my waiver wire pick, y'all are forgetting Donovan Mitchell exists, guys. Donovan Mitchell, amazing. He is leading the, his new team in the Cavs, to be one of the best teams in the East. And he's doing that almost averaging 30 points a game right now on a new team. That is incredible to me. And he's doing it consistently. Yeah, Jeremy Grant's been there for every single game. And um, uh, Spider Mitchell's missed two. But, I mean, who? how are you going to argue the impact that Donovan Mitchell has over the impact or is less than the impact that Jeremy Grant has? You can't. Donovan Mitchell is much better than Jeremy Grant. And he's proving it right now. And like I said, no disrespect to Jeremy Grant. He's doing his thing. He's been great since the Nuggets. He's been great with the Pistons, but he's not the star. He'll never be the star. He's a great bunch. He can score in bunches. Cool. But then, like, as soon as Dame comes back, his numbers will go right back down. Look at the first couple games of the season. He averaged, like, 10 to 15 points a game, not 20-plus, because Dame was still handling the ball. Dame's been out. Jeremy Grant gets better. It's going to be a roller coaster thing with him, depending on if Dame plays. But Donovan Mitchell will be good all, all the time. I do like that pick. I think the reason I didn't choose that is I think at the beginning of the season before those trades were made, Cleveland was in already a much better position than where Portland was. I mean, Portland was awful last year. I mean, to be fair, Dame did, again, their best player missed a lot of the season. And I think we all kind of expected the Cavs to at least be pretty good this year. Maybe not, you know, as they sit right now, third in the East. But yeah, uh, Spider Mitchell has been a monster for them. Uh, trade in, uh, either of my guys or well, Mitchell or Grant, or you got somebody else. I think if you're just looking at pure numbers, James is right. I think that what you're looking for, Alex, is the most underrated pick. Uh, uh, pick, and I think that that's where Jeremy Grant comes in. This was a savvy pick. No one, no, I don't know that we really expected this guy to come in, and what he's done is added another element to this team. I mean, he added another threat to this team. You can't double team uh, Lillard and Simmons now. You can't because you have Jeremy Grant there to that can that can uh, uh, put the ball down. 
you you just created another threat within and, and he fits in he seemed seemingly has fit in absolutely perfect and i guess we shouldn't be too surprised considering he did put up decent numbers with detroit in the last two years but the, the, it, i i think that james is right in the fact that if you're just looking at the best best overall signing okay sure yeah donovan mitchell is truly but if if i think that it's a bit i think that it's a bit i think that we, but donovan mitchell is is a superstar and that's a kind of the point this is a guy that that they added to a team that needed one extra piece and now they have it and all of a sudden wow this is this is a team that we need to be a little bit more worried about than uh you know than we were before and i think that that's the part that maybe you're you're looking for alex i i think that james is right in terms of just raw numbers but i would say that this is a very very smart move by the front office um, of the portland trailblazers and all of a sudden this is this is a this is a group that we should be worried about here in the west yeah, I mean, uh, especially with Dame, you know, now getting injured again, his injury last year, it was a huge pickup for for Portland just to help kind of carry the load while he's while Dame is kind of in and out. Um, you know, he might be out for a while because he re-injured his calf again. So uh, probably rushed him back a little too early, obviously, if he injured it again. Uh, but yeah, um, Donovan Mitchell has also been really, really good for the Cavs. Um, the Cavs are playing really well. Well, most of the time they've kind of gone up and down a little bit, but uh, that's all I got. Um, we'll, I think I host next week. So we'll, we'll have lots to talk about in two weeks. Oh yeah. Thank you very much, Alex. And by the way, James, you were right. It is in a, that uh, the, the uh, metaphor I used earlier is on, in a Taylor Swift song. Apparently it's also a Morgan Wallen song. U- ultimately it's a fantastic metaphor. I mean, it's, it's really great. I'm surprised you even gave me a face for it, but it is what it is. Um, thank you very much for sticking with us through the, uh, through, you know, through week 26. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, keep, keep an eye on the world cup. Um, this is, this is exciting times, especially for team, uh, team USA, Tyler, I be, uh, you said it was 6am on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. 6, 6am right. Pacific. Oh, hung over for that. So that, that'll, that'll be nice and nice and easy, especially for a most for says like for me. soccer. Let's go. <laughs> especially for a guy like me that gets Come to my house. 6am. Anyway. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. I won't be there. <laughs> oh, I'm, going opposite, I'm already going the opposite direction. So I will not oh, love it. Um, uh, <laughs> uh nfl is nfl is just heating up um you know we're seeing some some interesting moves there um so keep an eye out there basketball is looking fun i did watch most of that uh uh warriors game and it was it was a hell of fourth quarter so uh and that's that's coming from a guy who hates basketball um (laughs) um, we hope you guys enjoy it again um i hope you guys have a great week Uh, um and you know we'll see you next time